Hey, y'all. You're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. What's up, y'all? This week, we are talking about the 1995 classic comedy, Major Pain. So we're we going to start with these quotes, though. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> got no worry, got no stress. Because we feel good in a dress. Major Pain, the major diss. He makes a squad when we piss. <laughs> <laughs> got no worries, got no care. I'm a bald-headed son of a bitch without hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love this cadence. It's the best. <laughs> and then my favorite part is when um, they finally go around the, the courtyard with all the kids laughing at him. He's like, I tell you, ladies. You're the prettiest cadets under my command. I ought to change my name to Pimp Daddy Pain. <laughs> he thought that was so funny. He thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I did too. <laughs> What's one of yours? Uh, of course I have several. <laughs> when uh, they were doing the PT, he said, you want sympathy? Look at a dictionary between shit and syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, what? Right. Like, what the hell? <laughs> there were so many other ways to just say that I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I mean, even before he gets to the cadet, like, first of all, when when he <laughs> when he's on the battlefield and the soldier's down, and he's like, help, help. Take a look at that. I'm Miss Shea Little Trick. Take your mind off that arm. You may feel a little fresh. No, but wait, did you notice he was going to do that to Tiger when he first met him? Yes. <laughs> yes. When he was like, I'm afraid of getting the shot. <laughs> Let me show you a quick trick. To take him out of the pain. Poor Tiger. He gave Tiger a hard time. He gave all of them a hard time. One tubby, tubby, tubby. tubby. Two chubby, chubby. chubby. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to help you make room for lunch, bacon boy. Drop down. Give me 30. Sit up right now. Let's go. Count him out. Let me see that belly roll. One tubby, tubby. One sir. Come on, pork chop. <laughs> Let me see that belly roll. Oh boy. Oh boy. Girl, he said, I'm sorry, Mr. Handicap Man. I did not mean to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand sign language? Can you read lips? Well, let me break it down. You don't answer me when I speak to you. I'm gonna put my foot in your, in your ass. ass. <laughs> Wait, why do you have three your third? I know. I was like, oh, I should have laughed at this, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So this is 
some interesting trivia for most people who don't know me. I was in JROTC for four years throughout high school. So all four years. And so I graduated. <laughs> yes. I graduated as battalion commander. And so when we were being annoying or like rude to whoever would like the cadet that was in charge, we would be like three and three. And <laughs> I didn't realize like it was coming from this movie. And there's so many things I was like, I miss it. We used to do the drill competitions and everything. I miss it so much. Oh, I bet you look so cute. Your little uniform. I did. <laughs> I was a little pickle. They used to call us pickles. My favorite day. So on Wednesdays, we had to wear our um, our formal gear. So that's with the, you know, the jacket, the tie and the beret and all that. With them mm-hmm. shiny patent leather shoes. Girl, we had to shine our belt buckle with everything, child. You got to be able to see yourself in it. Yes. We had to spit shine too. You know? Ew. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And then my my other favorite days on Fridays when we wore camouflage. And we did PT on those days. Oh, the memories. That sounds like the big girls. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs> right, exactly. On Wednesdays, we wore green. <laughs> and when the when the uh, the principal or whoever, what was he? Who, who was this guy again? The guy, the old guy with the bug? Who was chasing butterflies? I don't yes. know. He was a horrible person who shouldn't be in charge. He doesn't no. even know what the, JRT, the JROTC program was. He called them the green right. boys. The green boys, and when they stand in front of the bush, I can't see them no more. <laughs> I was like, what? what? You weirdo. Such you should weirdo. not be responsible for hundreds of children. <laughs> not at all. He could barely see, child. Mm. <laughs> but when um, my other favorite was him, Major Payne, was going through his withdrawal of being in the service. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in the room kicking bags and shit and then fucking roasting a rat indoors. Hell, I'm just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with him? And then um when he when he was told that he can't he can't be well he said there's gotta be somebody that needs killing. Sorry, Major. You killed them all. <laughs> he was so <laughs> upset about being kicked out because he wasn't needed no more for all his killing. The American pain. U.S. government just does, they do veterans so terrible. And then, <laughs> it's such a, I was thinking about it, watching this. I was like, this could have went really, really sad. <laughs> he right? was in jail within a week of being released. He was in jail. Like, and if he didn't have the homeboy to come help him out, he just got more. He'd have died in prison because he'd have got more time. Just keep getting at it from killing people on the inside. In the inside. And that's just, and he only went to jail because he went and slapped that man up during his uh, training to become a police officer. But they create they created the killer and then exploited him as this killing machine. And then they terminated him without a, like, with a discharge, but not because he wanted to leave. It was just because they didn't need him no more. And then and they wouldn't promote him. And so they didn't give him like a base job. Why he could just couldn't do a job on base? What? I just don't understand no, this. No, because he wanted to kill that he didn't want to do, do no job on base. They could have gave him some in-between time and meantime, something to the situation in Bosnia popped up. They just released him into the civilian world without services mm-hmm. set up, no time to set up a job, no plan, no nothing. No, <laughs> no. And then they set him out on these kids. He's like, 
I got a job for you. You may not like it, <laughs> but it's something for you to do. <laughs> we can't give you a base job because you're a killer, but let's put you around all of these children. <laughs> right. And then pops off a gun in order for him to assert his authority when they start laughing at him. What kind of nonsense? But I loved it. If I had major pain as, as my major, I probably would get beat up every day because I'd be laughing at him. <laughs> well, be oh. a little story, a little itchy that could again. Yeah. <laughs> you ever hear the story about the little engine that could? Let me tell you that story. Once upon a time, deep, deep in the jungle, there was a little engine that could. And he was chugging his way across the enemy line. Chooka, 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 toot, This little engine mission was to take some AK-47 and a nuclear payload over the mountain to the 2063 Battalion. Needless to say, there was plenty opposition. You think that stopped the little engine that could? No sirree, Bob. He just kept chugging along. Chicka, 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 chicka. Toot! Toot! Not even when they climbed aboard the train and popped out the eyes of the conductor and blood and snot was ripping out his eye sockets. You think that stopped the little engine that could? Damn, skip me. He just kept chugging along. Chicka, 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 toot, toot. It wasn't until Charlie rigged the bridge with plastic explosives, just as the little engine was making his way across the trestle. Boom! An explosion happened. Blood and guts and spitting ass was everywhere. Bubba come crawling out the back door. Both legs missing. Lula made baby boy. And he look up at me, he said, Pete, I can't feel my legs. I said, Bubba, they ain't there. And I looked down, and them little bloody nugs was kicking real fast like this here. And I said, Bubba, it's 30 miles to the next town. Unless you can flip upside down and walk on your hand, you ain't gonna make it. All of a sudden, Charlie was all over the place. Just me and my side on. And I had no other alternative but to blast my way out. <laughs> The worst story ever. <laughs> and then he said, when I come back, I tell you what he do to Pete. <laughs> Without his little thing. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad. When he told the school counselor, I didn't stutter. I said, pop your titty out his mouth and stop babying him. <laughs> and I, I don't call that baby. I call it nurturing. And I call it 
neutering. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. He's so dumb. It was it was the best. Like I think out of all the Wayne's brothers movies, this was probably my favorite movie. I I can't I can't agree with that, but it's it's, it's another favorite. it adds to the the greatness of the legacy. It's an, it's another great Wayne's film. They only they yeah. only make hits. I know, but I mean this one is just so funny. Like his demeanor, <laughs> like his demeanor in it. And that stupid ass gold tooth. Oh, I and love just... it. It's so authentic. <laughs> you don't know. So you're trying to tell me that you didn't know no old Vietnam vets that had that wore that had the, one... either the gold tooth or they had that gold the... watch with the gold bracelet with, with the, the pinky ring. With the pinky <laughs> ring. And then the other tooth got the gold rimming around it. It's, just, it's not the gold tooth, it's just the, around. And they got to make sure you talk like this so everybody see your tooth. Like don't that. touch my whistle. <laughs> uh, uh, don't don't touch. touch the whistle. <laughs> <laughs> but her relationship with him, I feel so bad because like he's so weird. And like <laughs> it's like he doesn't even know how to flirt. And when he meets her, he's like, You want to wrestle? <laughs> the mighty fine handshake you got there. <laughs> You like a creep, like what? <laughs> it's so normally, you know, that would feel really creepy, but uh, Damon is fine, so she just kind of was stuck. <laughs> the it man could wear a uniform, he could wear a suit now. <laughs> you know, he was, he was, yeah, he sure could. And he's like, <laughs> Maybe I like you, just like maybe I like you a lot. That's it, don't push the Mavis, baby. <laughs> <laughs> They like they were a good team in, in this movie. And it took someone who was trained in um childhood development to even out the things that he was doing to these kids. <laughs> Listen, and I will be sensitive to his needs. <laughs> while he while he's uh tapping his head with a fucking knife <laughs> just casually, or when he's hanging upside down blindfolded, cleaning his gun. <laughs> he said, I like to do it real fast before my nose bleeds. <laughs> He's so stupid. I feel like some of it had to be like, um, what do you call it? Um, wow, I'm getting a brain fart. Improv. A lot of it was <laughs> improv for him. Because like, it was just too quick for some of the stuff he was coming out with. Like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when when Tiger was in the in the line and he's like, woohoo. And he's like, what? I gotta go to the bathroom. And then he's like, you hold it, turd. I can't. I said, hold it, I'll break it off and, and kick it around on no, the No, he didn't even say it widen. He was just like, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> he did with his little look. <laughs> I can't. Okay, I can't even lie. Baby Orlando was cute, but now it's questionable. I just feel yeah. like there are two two different people. I feel like there's pre That's So Raven Orlando where he was cute and he was funny and he was a good actor. And mm-hmm. then there's after That's So Raven where mm. I don't know that man. Right. <laughs> Sorry to that man. I don't know him. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Child, oh, let me not. Let me not. 
Ooh, that was rude, Chad. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that man partakes in because I don't know him, so I don't have That's, no opinions on that. I don't know that man. Know, some of that, some of that behavior is just a little odd, a little odd. He sings nice, but I don't. He he can sing. That's not something nice I could say about him. He could sing good. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he know how to eat the box too. <laughs> So, if you did not know, Major Payne was basically based off the 1995 movie of A Private War of Major Benson, where a U.S. Army officer has to run the JROTC program at a Catholic boys' military academy or be forced out of the army. So, that is where the basic plot for Major Payne came from. Not necessarily a remake, but a nod to. That's why his name was uh, Benson. Winifred Payne. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I was like, what is his long name? And why does it have to be his name? <laughs> well, like, I watch Turner Classic movies for fun. So that's just, you know, a little something. <laughs> oh, Add to. You. Look at yeah, you. no, movies, movies are my jam. I don't know if it's because I was like an only child for a very long time, mm-hmm. but um, I have so much fun watching movies. Please leave me alone and watch me. Let me watch my movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Watching it again, I really just was like, this is a, a horrible, just a, a very true depiction, display of the negative state of veteran affairs in the United States of America. I was right. very just hurt. And mm-hmm. I feel like all of the trauma research that we have as a clinical field now mostly is based on the findings that come from research and studies from veterans. And so all of the trauma research before it was even called like post-traumatic stress the syndrome and things of that nature, it was shell-shocked because it came from the veterans who were coming back home and having to deal with all of the things that they witnessed during wartime and then trying to reintegrate into civilian society and the struggles that they were having. And so like I feel like the more that the older that I get and the more that I study the functioning of the brain, I am anti-war. And like, no, that does not mean I this, I do not support the troops. I feel like because I support the troops, <laughs> I am anti-war. Like mm-hmm. I have multiple family members serve in various branches of the military. And I just don't see like, yeah, they pay good. You get good benefits if they give them to you. But other than that, like they just be using you up. They're kicking you back out there in the world. And I don't like it. I know. And that was part of the problem um, with a lot of it is that the military is like, it, they tear the individual down so that they lose their individualism mm-hmm. um, so that they can work together collectively um, and understand that it's not about them. It's about the mission. It's about protecting your your country and serving your country. Um mm-hmm. But then when you tear that person down, there's nothing that really helps them build them back up. And then mm-hmm. like even like just even for instance, Major's uh, job as <laughs> as an assassin. Um, <laughs> 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 um, Leave your cola quicker than one of the burritos with extra guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was the ooh. <laughs> And so I feel like with that special, that special skill of learning how mm-hmm. to, to kick ass like that, um, <laughs> it's not, it doesn't translate well into the civilian world. So right. there's a lot of jobs, especially in the military, that don't really transition well into civilian world. And I think that's part of the problem as well with um, 
people coming back from serving. And there was something else I was going to mention. Oh, even being an ROTC, like I really was going to join the military. And Do I, you watch Boys in the Hood? Ain't no place mm-hmm. for a black man or woman in the white man's army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was ready. I, I, see, and this was the Marines. I knew better than to go to Marines because they look, <laughs> they look crazy. They look off. They look off like Major you Payne. To, like, you got to be there because the, the, the things that they do a job title entails mm-hmm. that you got to be willing to be to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, eh, no. So I was going to join the Air Force and everybody, everybody in the military, when you think about the branches of the military, Air Force are like the preppy prissy ones. And this is yep. just based mm-hmm. off of my understanding. Y'all don't, I'm just saying it's not. No, this is me. from experience for me. Right. <laughs> Right. From all of the friends and family that have joined, people yes. who are in desk jobs joined the Air Force. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm, I'm proper and prim. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do outdoor activity. Um, we're gonna stay in very nice tents. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't don't put <laughs> us out here on the on the grounds and expect us to survive. Um, I work intelligence. Have, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> and then the Navy. That's the second pampered prim. Army. And then mm-hmm. what? I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Because it's like if it was like le- like levels of like hard, all of the boot camp is hard. It's like layers to that shit though. When depending on the branch that you're joining, like it's like, but it's all hard. It's just I feel like in the Marines, they're they're going to fight you. Just. <laughs> 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 What'd you say? Like, you know how Major Payne took that gun? It was like, pow, pow. Y'all gonna stop, y'all, y'all gonna stop trying to test my authority. Instead, they would have shot at you. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. Sorry, Marines. We love you. <laughs> you know, this is this is where I got it from. This is where wow. I got it from. Okay, so in my household, though, we were a uh, a naval household. And so there are like different acronyms and everything about how everyone else basically owes their lives to the Navy. And so like Marines was my mm. ass rides in naval equipment. <laughs> uh, That's just the one that I can think of. There were others. There's lots of, you know, different things because I, Hey, that's, that's who I had to ride for. Damn. Yeah. You know, my sister, she's retired Air Force and her, um, her husband is currently active. They don't, they don't do other, other services. I'm just kidding. No, that's, <laughs> there is. They do be talking shit about other service members, though. Like, ah, you're just in the army. I mean, yeah, you're just in the navy. They can. I think it's like time. HBCUs. Like, we can talk stuff about other HBCUs, but better not talk. nobody else talk about okay. no HBCU, or it's a problem. Okay. Right. <laughs> we better tread lightly because we're not in the military, so they might come for us. Sorry, but Sorry. we're a military family. That counts. Yeah, been holding it know. down with y'all, I guess. It's like it's doing important. bids with niggas in jail. It's about the same. About the same, because I definitely sent the care package or two, you know? Right? So. Okay, so Major Payne has always held a special place in my heart because Major Payne has always reminded me of my grandfather who um, retired. <laughs> he was in the Army, um, and he served in everything from Vietnam up until, like, 2000 and, like, seven and we were like sir you're old what 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 do they what do they need you for 
because <laughs> why are you still going <laughs> he needs to teach in JRTC I feel like that's where all the retired veterans be going is he, no girl he was still going he was still getting in a plane and going overseas and we were like oh. um granddad for what <laughs> like, I got work to do <laughs> but no um it was definitely funny just just seeing the similarities because there is the tragicness that happens for a lot of our Vietnam veterans who are not in the place that they or in a societal frame are not held in the place where we feel like they should be because of the terrible things that they saw during the Vietnam War. Mm. A lot of them were drafted and had to go with, uh, outside of their decision um, and then to come home in the different ways that they were treated, um, people being coming addicted to drugs, being homeless, mm-hmm. like all of that going on, on top of the the terrible experience that is war, because I cannot imagine what that looks, feels, smells like I can't imagine that. And mm-hmm. so it is it was nice to see like the funny com- co- commonalities of it mm. where like yeah my grandfather is a vietnam vet and he says stuff like that he does stuff like that like it was yes. fun it was nice to have the funny side of it pulled out as opposed to like the horrible dark side of ptsd <laughs> right right and you know what's interesting is that of all of the characters major pain does not to in my opinion does not have ptsd i deeply disagree but okay yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> So then, what did mm. tell me? What did you diagnose him with, Dr. Rose B? If not PTSD, please enlighten me. Maybe eventually if I got some more from him. But based off of his behaviors mm. in this movie, I was I was in the, the personality disorder compart- department, right? I was too. I gave him both. But go ahead. You do you, Listen, girl. I was like <laughs> cluster A, cluster B, cluster C. <laughs> One of each. <laughs> But what I what I figured I narrow it down to is schizoid personality disorder. Oh wow! Okay, go through the criteria for okay. everyone, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is wrong with him? How can I get this?" Okay, so a pervasive pattern of detachment from social relationships, restricted restricted range of expression of emotions in interpersonal settings, um, beginning by early adulthood presented in a variety of contexts indicated by the following and you need four or more so they have seven listed neither desires nor enjoys close relationships including being a part of a family now at the very beginning especially when tiger gave him a hug for killing the little boogeyman in his closet put that little boy <laughs> in the full <laughs> nelson <laughs> what's your maybe. angle boy <laughs> you flat on me and then he's like, it made me feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> they and just so, try to show you affection. I don't like it. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> but that changes, though. And this is why I struggle, because it changes when he's going to go back into um, into the, I guess, active duty. Um, because then he has that vision of him being a part of a family with um, Emily and Tiger. And so... With that, I was like, oh, okay, maybe he might he might not meet meet this one quite yet. Previously, yes. Almost always chooses solid solitary activities, hanging upside down, cleaning his gun, blindfolded. Okay. Um, <laughs> has little, if any, interest in having sexual experience with another person. I don't think that's the case because he definitely I was about to say that was not the case. He definitely right. like was asked 
asking her like ain't you uh ever been married before did you terminate uh-huh. his command i'm surprised you only had 12 puppies by now first of all why are we calling puppies. them puppies puppies <laughs> He's just so awkward. And that's why I'm just like, do I need to give him a social, like anti-social something? I don't know. So anyway, so uh, takes pleasure in few, if any, activities. The only thing he took pleasure in was killing people. And then uh, lacks close friends or confidants and or other than first degree relatives. Appears indifferent um, to the praise or criticism of others. He was not here for Ms. Wilburn's, um, Emily's, uh, criticism, but he, he but no, he was open to it. He read the book and when she, she knew how to, I don't want it, (laughs) but then he read it. I don't want it. He was open to her feedback because when they were at dinner and, um, she knew how to appropriately give feedback, she first gave him a compliment and then was like, but can I make a suggestion? And he was like, I'm listening. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> <A> proceed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So then the other one was um, shows emotional coldness, detachment, and flattened affect. All he did was yell. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything he said, he was yelling. <laughs> but then that's not flat affect. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's the same yelling tone. <laughs> okay. It's very, so it's very expressive. If it's not schizo- schizoid personality disorder, because if I talk to my um my supervisor about it, so you can go back and talk to your supervisor and, and get some input, <laughs> you know, before you give diagnosis. Facts, I'll put, facts. I put paranoid, paranoid personality disorder. War has made me very paranoid. <laughs> and he said it himself. <laughs> and so that is uh, distrust and superstition. Uh, super, okay, okay. Of others <laughs> that um, that their motives are interpreted as um, being as being malevolent, um, and begins by early adulthood. So for me, I feel like at this age, with him being a major, I feel like this developed because he was he's been in the army or been in the military marines for so long since early adulthood, and that's that's how he ended up this way. Um, oh, so you mean like the trauma of it? So this is a trauma response? Is that what is that what you're saying? Because it sounds like okay, continue. <laughs> I'll be quiet. Damn. I mean, I'll let you go ahead and talk about your little stupid. Um, <laughs> it ain't stupid. <laughs> your PTSD. Stupid. <laughs> go ahead and talk about your PTSD. Okay, I will. So I um, diagnosed him with PTSD as well as um, uh, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. So I did give I him a personality that. disorder as well. Um, I, I felt like too. I felt like the personality personality disorder came first, and so I feel like that he already had those levels of his functioning and his personality built, and then they were kind of shaped by his experiences in the military. But I feel like he already had that certain um, rigidity that already existed within him. (laughs) But obsessive compulsive personality disorder, the criteria that I felt like he qualified for was being preoccupied with details, rules, lists, order, organization, or schedules to the extent that the major point of the activity is lost, shows perfectionism that interferes with task completion, excessively devoted to work and productivity to the exclusion of leisure activities and friendships, 
the cleaning his gun and that was what he did for fun uh, <laughs> is um over conscientious and inflexible about matters of morality, ethics, or values. But I felt like his ethics, morality, and values were those that were held by the military. And so I felt like he was over-conscientious and inflexible about those, um, as well as reluctant to delegate tasks or to work with others unless they submit to exactly his or her way of doing things. And I feel like that was his reluctance on working alongside Ms. Walburn. And then shows rigidity and stubbornness, which, of course, <laughs> we see all throughout the movie. And then um, I also diagnosed him with the post-traumatic stress disorder. And so the criteria that I felt like he fit for that was the intrusion symptoms, which would be the recurrent, involuntary, and intrusive, intrusive distressing memories of the traumatic event, the dissociative re reactions, the flashbacks um, in which the individual feels or acts as if the traumatic event were reoccurring. I felt like when he was telling the little engine that could story, <laughs> he was really seeing Charlie in front of him when he was shaking him with the knife. Yep. And then he screamed sure at the top of his lawn. <laughs> he was he was really there. <laughs> <laughs> the intense or prolonged psychological distress at exposure to internal or external cues that symbolize or resemble an aspect of the traumatic events and marked physiological re reactions to internal or external clues that cues that symbolize or resemble the aspects of the traumatic event, as well as the avoidance of stimuli. And so I feel like the avoidance is what is kind of what's different and what's unique about his situation is because I feel like in normal circumstances, people are actually trying to just separate or go around things that um, remind them of the distressing memories. But I feel like anytime he was confronted with it, he wanted to kill it. And so I feel like <laughs> his avoidance was murder as opposed to <laughs> separation <laughs> for the negative um, alterations. I felt like he fit the criteria of persistent and exaggerated negative beliefs or expectations about oneself, others of the world with like no one can be trusted um, or the world is completely dangerous. Um, or like war has made me very paranoid. <laughs> I felt like that fit in there mm -hmm. as well as the persistent negative emotional state, the markedly diminished interest in participation and significant activities, feeling of detachment or estrangement from others, persistent inability to experience uh, positive emotions. And so I didn't know if that was necessarily an inability to experience the positive emotions or he just didn't like it. Because it made him feel all icky. <laughs> mm -hmm. He didn't like it. <laughs> and then um, lastly, the arousal and reactivity, which is the uh, irritable behavior and angry outbursts, typically expressed as verbal or physical aggression towards people or objects. I mean, he caught them turds the entire movie until they graduated to maggots. Which I feel like is a really, you know, honoring <laughs> name to be called, you know, to oh, graduate. Okay. Mm -hmm. from being mm -hmm. a turd to a maggot you, you earned know? that huh okay you earn it mm -hmm. yeah so there was also the hypervigilance the exaggerated startle response and i'm not sure if this counts as a sleep disturbance but him sleeping with his eyes open disturbed me so i put it in there. Uh, <laughs> hey daddy <laughs> They sure so I felt like, yes, war was his trauma. 
this is his representation of post-traumatic stress disorder. And he already had the obsessive compulsive personality going into the military. I'm sure he went in very early at probably 18. And then they just shaped and um, molded what that looks like for him. And he held hard towards their values and became obsessive compulsive personality around what they felt like was acceptable. Uh, if <laughs> Major Payne was my client, I think because he was so receptive to like even the books that Miss Walburn was giving him, I think psychoeducation would be very beneficial for him. Like he's able to say stuff like war has made me very paranoid. He's aware of certain things like that. So I think going along with psychoeducation, more bibliotherapy, maybe some regulatory skills to help him get out of those moments where he feel like he's actively fighting Charlie. <laughs> so uh, trauma-focused CBT and small group. Maybe, possibly, maybe he I might function well amongst yeah. other uh, veterans. And then I might put him on some meds, some SSRIs to help, you know. Oh, is that right? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put him on no meds. I don't, I don't know. It depends. I, I would go the non-medication route first and see if we can establish some type of healthy baseline. But if we can't, like, bruh, you can't be pulling guns out on children. You shot in the air at children because they talk. And why not? Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. They need to know. Okay. Do not test my authority. Okay. Mm-hmm. They ain't testing. Well, they, they kept testing. They, I was about to say the whole half of the movie mm-hmm. is about them testing yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, he really did give it to him. He was like, I'm making lives miserable. That's why he <laughs> sent them to go get beat up by other kids. And so as a result, none of that worked. And so that is one point that I did want to raise, especially with the shaving their heads and um, Mm -hmm. putting them in dresses, because Mm -hmm. especially with the rise of social media, there have been a lot of parents have been using like humiliation as Mm -hmm. punishment and like recording it and putting it on social media to embarrass their kids. Mm -hmm. That does not oftentimes does not work. It usually does more harm than good. Making it makes kids uh, less likely to want to behave and want to do what it is that the person is telling them to do because uh, it leads the child to perceive that they are being personally rejected, which will lead to a cycle of more bad behavior and a resulting effect of that could be you're like you're singling them out. And so it makes mm-hmm. uh, incidences of bullying higher from other kids bullying them because like mm-hmm. you embarrass them. Like if I had yeah. to go around singing that song, I'm sure somebody would pick on me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's true. I mean, but they they had no worries. They had no stress. They was looking good in the dress. Did they ever go to class? Wasn't this supposed to be a school? Where was the education? That's not that's not important right now. What's important oh, okay. is All right. them winning that trophy for and from the thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) but all of his tactics weren't bad he did have some really good um leadership skills and he was able to uh have them unify he had different team building activities with having them work as a team to try to steal the trophy getting beat up together did bring them closer making stone the um cadet sergeant because Mm -hmm. he saw the leadership skills that he did have and he was willing to put himself um, risk himself for the rest of the group. He said, I mm-hmm. acted alone. The rest of the group was not aware of my activities. Uh, mm-hmm. He played up on their strengths for the games. So he saw what each person w- was good at and put them yes. in a role that they would do. So yeah. I feel like Major Payne had lots of quality leadership skills as well. He just 
didn't quite know how to uh, work exactly with children because he had little childhood development skills because that's not required in the military. And it just mm-hmm. seems like it should be something that's required before you work at a school that you know how to work with kids. But, you know, maybe not, you know, th- you know, whatevs. <laughs> I get right. Because he was not prepared to work with them kids at, at all. all. At all. Why does he have an active grenade with him? I don't know. On a on a uh, school campus. On a school mm-hmm. campus. It's just a dummy grenade blows up the grenade. Who's, Who's the, the dummy, dummy now? now? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? But he really did have it out for Alex Stone. The minute he... Because Alex already came up there bebopping to his own little beat and wanting to play. <laughs> when he told him... Boy. Damn, two seconds from being on you like white on rice and a glass of milk and a paper plate in a snowstorm. <laughs> I will put my foot so far up your ass, the water on my knee will quench your thirst. I said, okay, I just need a moment to be able to do all these threats that he had. I used that last one. I've used that last one before because I actively do have water on my knee. And so I've used that last Ooh. one. I'm looking looking for a time in my life to use this line. That's it. The situation does not have to meet the severity of that threat. Just throw it out there and see how effective it is because it works. You know, I wonder how my students are going to take to this. And, you know, I, oh, think I don't I know if you should do it at work. It. I'm not suggesting you do it at it. work. Not at your job. That's not that's not the place <laughs> for that. Oh, walk into class as of eight. Oh, hundred hours. Eight hundred hours. I'm replacing. No, but um, yeah, I think I, yeah. I did. Alex was give, a mess. I did give Alex um, a disorder. Um, I gave him. Um, Oppositional defiant disorder, moderate. Me, me too. The same hey. rating and everything. Look yes. at that. I felt yes. like it wasn't his fault though. No, because his dad was a. His home situation seemed very dark, very bleak. Ooh. But yeah, do you want to go through the criteria? You want me to go through? You can go through the criteria, girl. I do a gradual. Okay, so we both diagnosed. Could <laughs> that Alex? Cadet Sergeant Alex Stone with mm-hmm. um, oppositional defiant disorder with um, a severity of moderate because it was present in um, two settings. We saw clearly he won't listen into that uh, trash that daddy that he had. And then also oh. at school, <laughs> which he shouldn't have been listening to that trash that daddy. He's trash too, but I'll get on with him later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the criteria that we felt that Alex met for oppositional defiant disorder well, the ones that I picked out, you tell me if you had added others. It's often touchy or easily annoyed when the one sickly boy was talking to him and he had his hand on his bed. He said, did Ooh. I tell you that you could touch my bed? He's like, mm-hmm. no. And then he and kicked him. stomped his hand? I thought he stomped yeah. his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. That was Ow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that goes along with the angry or irritable mood. It's often angry or resentful. It often argues with authority figures which we see him kind of going mm-hmm. back and forth with major pain. I don't know he why does. he tried that. I, I, right. Um, but Even anyhow. after that threat about the, the whole knee situation, mm-hmm. but, um, he was like, try it. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Let me show you something. 
Let me send you to the school and get your ass. He was trying to get in that situation. He was trying to get Major Payne fired. He wanted Major Payne to hit him. Uh-huh. And he was trying to provoke him to get him and to that he level. And he almost got it. He Major, he put that fist up and then he was like, you know what? I'm the adult here. God damn it. You want to get rid of me? <laughs> this is what I need right. you to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because I know I'll whoop your ass in here. But the thing okay. about that, I think he also did that to his stepfather, too. And and you see that you see that in that part with him where he's like, well, I don't have to listen to you or something like that. And um, Major Payne grabs his hand before he could hit him. And so I think he was used to having his words, saying whatever he wanted to say and then being hit as a result. So that's what he thought what Major Payne would do. Would, and he would was using him. that to try to get Major yep. fired. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have active. Oh, ugh, goodness! We also have open actively defies or refuses to comply with the request from authority figures or mm-hmm. with rules. And I feel like mm-hmm. we definitely saw that. There was one thing that he did not do that fits this diagnosis, where I was kind of like, eh. Where he mm-hmm. said he often uh, it says he often blames others for his or her mistakes or behavior. And the fact that he was able to say like, no, this was all my responsibility. I'm the one that hired. <laughs> The professional mm-hmm. wrestler to try and come uh, beat you up. That's mm-hmm. Big Bam Bigelow for those that who are unaware. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing that did stick out that did fit where I was like, okay, yeah, is the uh, has been spiteful or vindictive at least mm-hmm. twice. And so we definitely see him we being that. very vindictive. Um, Even when they got um, when they got what's his name again? <laughs> Big Bam Bigelow. Uh-uh. Oh, oh, when they got Heathcote. He cut into that dress. <laughs> and he said, what happened to the other dress? I thought this one was prettier. <laughs> <laughs> or when he said, why do I have to wear the dress? Because you're the only one with titties. You've got the biggest titties. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, I felt like it wasn't the whole situation. Alex's behavior was not, it was all a result of his home life situation. So having mm-hmm. an um, stepdad who is doing all of that in that home setting and as well, he hints to his mother possibly also being physically abused as well. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like if Alex, the JR, the JROTC program was a good placement for him. I feel like him having a competent, quality leader, that is a good scenario for him because it, one, removes him from the destructive environment that was a residential school. So they're active, they're, like they're living there. So he doesn't have to be in that negative home environment. And it gave him structure, self-discipline, and he was able to learn respect for authority figures, which is the key component in breaking up um, oppositional defiant disorder. Nice. Okay. But his stepdaddy now, I diagnosed him with alcohol intoxication because he was drunk. And then also a suspected perpetrator of child abuse and intimate partner violence. And Mm -hmm. the nigga need to go to rehab. He do. He He need to go dry out somewhere because he needs to get that together. He said, I own you. Yes. Nigga, you was a stepdaddy. You own nothing. So that also makes me wonder what his relationship is actually like with his actual father, too. Mm -hmm. But that's neither here nor there. And the thing that his stepdad said that concerned me was like that whole, like, don't sass me like your mother, which makes me feel like you beating on his mama, too. He's witnessing that. I'm concerned about Alex and future uh, intimate relationships as a result of that. And I feel like somebody should have called the police on his stepdaddy. 
Major yeah. Payne, why you just let him leave? I mean... He should have told Ms. Wyburn. Ms. Wyburn can then report it and then he can go to jail. But he wouldn't know that because he wasn't properly trained to do that. Because he don't work with kids, which I feel like should be a requirement before you hire somebody at a school. But, you know, neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, he'll he'll learn teachers, it. He'll know for next time. Substitute teachers don't get drug tested in some states. Girl, uh, full okay. on okay. school okay. staff does not get drug tested. I worked in the elementary school for five years, never took a drug test. And it was getting high on it. High, high, high. All Okay. We're so, doing bus duty with uh, a couple of teachers. I was talking about how they was getting high over the weekend. Honey. Or, or bus duty. Like, you can't wait till the kids leave yet. They're getting on the bus. We only got to wait five more minutes for them to leave. But they okay. Said, it's Friday, sticky, icky, icky. Ooh, ooh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> trifling, trifling. Hey, listen, somebody, they got to have some because people ain't looking out for the teachers, you know? At all. So At all. The like, whole country needs education reform. It doesn't, you can tell a lot about a country by how they teach how they treat their children and their elderly and America does not give a fuck about kids. Not two fucks. Mm-mm. The okay. only reason that they feed them breakfast is because of the Black Panthers. But you, let me, okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Mm, okay, you better go, girl. Let me, it, this is for the people. What you gotta say? It won't even know school going on in this movie. So I'll say before a movie where we actually talk about school. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe school days. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, somebody had to eat breakfast in there too. <laughs> oh, speaking of eating, okay. Oh he, goodness. He's he's told that um he got a he got a binge eating disorder. That's what I get moderate. I didn't diagnose him because I didn't I felt like I didn't see enough, but let's go through your criteria. Girl, you didn't see enough. He came to the barracks with snacks. <laughs> What you mean? <laughs> what the criteria for he go? <laughs> All right. So it's a recurrent of binge eating. An episode of binge eating is characterized by both of or the of the following: eating in a discrete period of time within any two hour period. Um, as soon as they got done with a PT, he was up there eating a snack. Um, an amount of food that is. Um, definitely larger than what most people would eat in a similar period of time. So you can see him in a few of those instances where he's just, he's snacking, like just taking it back more than he should, especially when he went to the new barracks. Everybody has their, their, their bags, their clothes. My boy he had got a food. box of cereal. <laughs> Wait, Major Mason, <laughs> I'm gonna rip out your eyeballs and throw it in Heath Coates cookie bag. <laughs> probably would have ate it and did not know he was eating your eyeballs. <laughs> um, a sense of lack of control over eating during the, the episode. So I really feel like he didn't have a control over it. I think it just naturally was his, his way of dealing and coping with being there. Um, the binge eating episodes are associated with three or more of the following. Eating much more rapidly than normal. He did eat fast. Eating until feeling well, they all had to eat fast after they had to eat like major. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. That that she was like, <laughs> Emily was like, I lost my appetite. <laughs> mm, my stomach eat. is settled. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm a little confused. Um, eating large amounts of food when not feeling physically um, hungry 
feel like that's his case too. I, there's nothing evident in it, but that's what I'm implying from some of his behaviors, especially with food. Um, eating alone because of feeling embarrassed of how much one is eating, feeling disgusted with oneself, depressed, or a very guilty afterwards. So that I don't believe he meets that criteria. Binge eating occurs on average at least once a week for three months. Yeah. And then I, there's like, I would say if I had to specify, I would say in partial remission, he, he's eating less, having one episode <laughs> per week for a sustained period of time, you know, because he's, he's having to, you know, train and everything. Get and over then, that wall. <laughs> get over that wall. He did get over that wall. I was like, okay, tubby, tubby. <laughs> Okay, and then as far as severity, um, I gave a moderate. So that's four to seven eating um, episodes per week. So actually, I should give it mild since I'm giving it impartial some um, remission, actually. Yeah, so mild. And that's that. I mean, I was <laughs> I was reaching. I was reaching. I know. I mean, it was just... It might have been snacks. what you saw. I just, I just didn't see it. It's okay. I saw I saw two instances where he, he had a lot of food. So, eating his bed and when he was going to that new bunker. So, who I did not diagnose, but who I want to further assess. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like lots of assessment with Cadet Tiger. I'm concerned I, about Tiger. I, I did a diagnose him. So I just want to see, like, I want to see age appropriateness and severity of the symptoms because he is showing signs like of symptoms that could be potential issues with mm-hmm. the wetting himself, the nightmares, mm-hmm. the insecure attachment, all of that. Mm-hmm. I just want to see, like, like they were saying before, he's six. And so some of that might be age appropriateness. I just need to see the severity of it so that I can mm-hmm. see if it is age appropriate or if it is cause for a clinical concern. Either way, I would still want to meet with him and still have him as my client because of the loss of both his parents. And mm-hmm. we would, I am a big um, supporter and believer in play therapy, especially for children of that age. And so mm-hmm. I would probably do um, play therapy with Tiger if he was my client. But I need to assess more before I make a diagnosis. But what was the diagnosis that you gave? So my diagnosis was, I'm being mean, unspecified, oh other specified elimination disorder with urinary symptoms. He <laughs> <laughs> really did it one time though. And he told him like, hey, bro, I gotta go. I can't hold it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I was six years old, I had a full-time job. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, I did diagnose him with post-traumatic stress disorder because of the fact of losing his um, parents in a car accident. And I probably give him adjustment disorder as well with having to be adopted by the school, you know, and how to adjust to that new lifestyle without parents. And it seems like he doesn't have any siblings either. So being alone as well. But I don't know if he can get, uh, can he, does he qualify for a justice disorder? I thought the time frame uh, would have had passed already with with him. That. Mm-hmm. No, well, I mean. Because he stayed, he stayed in the orphanage for a year and then the school mm, stepped in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which, is that possible? Is that legal? That's what I was saying. I was like, huh? Okay. 
to become a ward of the state in in that way? I don't know. I don't. I I think it would have like not an institution, but maybe an individual more so. An individual, yes, definitely. But yeah, like an institution like, doing that, I uh, I was like, huh? So okay, I haven't heard about that since like the Indian reservation um, boarding schools, which is the, each time they school? find a grave, I get upset. It I is know. a residential uh, military academy. Well, no, it's not a military academy because this is just a JROTC program. So this is just a, a residential school. school. Yeah, it might be. Because it could be, I think it is a boarding school because of Alex. Alex Stone, I think they sent him to boarding school to get away from his stepfather, but then also to learn how to be, you know, more Yeah, I think that was there. Everything. Because his stepdad mm-hmm. was um, technically in the military. That's why he was like, you salute your superiors. But yeah. he was like, you, nigga, you don't deserve it. Not salute me. Yeah. So I think that his stepdad probably was like, well, he needs discipline. We're sending him to this boarding school. He's going to be in ROTC. Yeah. But I think it is because, too, they had asked when he's walking up to his stepdad, you can hear the kids in the background talking. And he was like, hey, he uh, he called. Are your parents coming to visit? And he was like, nah, you know, they're not. And then they asked, what about you, Williams? And he was like, yeah, right. Like you can hear the kids saying that their parents yeah. weren't coming to see them. Yeah. So then if that's the case, then the boarding school can have custody. I don't know. Is that still legal? Is I don't know. I'll look into it. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. listeners. I don't know the answer to that right now, but I'm going to look know. into it because I'm okay. really concerned if boarding schools can still um, make legal adoptions and take full custody of children because of the traumatic histories of them of them doing that in the past, especially uh, the Catholic Church doing that in their school systems and all of the children that have died in those uh, mm-hmm. residential facilities. Mm-hmm. With unmarked grace. So, okay. <laughs> sorry, got a little dark. Anywho, <laughs> Tiger, you were discussing him. <laughs> yeah, so I was gonna say I was gonna give him a, like a, an adjustment thing, but I don't know if that would apply to him anymore. But yeah, <laughs> listen, I've been trying to pull out like diagnoses that we haven't used in a while or haven't used, and we didn't use other specified elimination disorder. I mean, why not? He peed on himself. That's just one time. Him. He's six. You don't know. Girl, if I tell you I can't hold it and you say I can't go to the bathroom, I might pee on myself and I'm good and grown. Without an elimination disorder. And (laughs) (laughs) And he might be wet in the bed because he had a nightmare. We don't know that he wet in the bed. Okay, first of all, when you be going off on your little journey and giving people diagnosis, people are like, where it come from? I'm just making it up. <laughs> I give backstory, okay? <laughs> I don't create criteria. I give backstory. I have to make these make sense in my mind. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, don't well, at me like this. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so with PTSD, especially for children, bedwetting is common. Yes, very true. So very true. I do feel like that might be the case. But yeah. But we just don't know. <laughs> You have to just preface it. It's it's cool. This see in my mind, this is how it works because this is how I do it. I'd be like, I don't know if this is what happened, 
but in Ooh. my mind. <laughs> okay, okay. Once you say that, think, girl, go off side off Rearranged. the handle. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know that for next time. So we don't know if he's peeing in the bed, but in Dr. Rosie B's mind, mm-hmm. he is. His sheet's pissy. Yes. See, it fits now. It works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so the only other person that I would like to see in my office as a potential client um, is uh, Emily Walburn, the school counselor. Um, yes, I am What's concerned about her uh, as far as, well, one, I'm concerned about her as as a professional, um, possibly sp- experiencing some countertransference of being a school counselor and her end of her marriage for her deep desire of wanting children. And I will want to, because being a school counselor can be very isolating, especially if you're the only one in her building. And not only that, like she is at a residential facility. Mm-hmm. So, and it seems like because at the end of their date, she just went upstairs. So it seems like she's living at the institution as well. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage her to seek supervision because I could easily see um, this job becoming all encompassing of her entire life. Like she lives there, she works there. She done just now met her boo thing there. Like they want to adapt, I guess, this this child who, you know, go who goes there. And I guess at the end, they do end up adopting Tiger. And so they us, like- Go get mama. <laughs> <laughs> go tell my, get my feel now. So <laughs> it could easily become over en- encompassing and then that uh, eat up her personal identity and her feel like her only function is that of being within this school. And so I'm wanting her to uh, seek supervision out for that as well. But also um, her, possibly her and Major Payne going through some type of either her individually or her and uh, Major Payne going through some type of um couples counseling because I just want to make sure that where they are right now is it okay that they have tiger does that satisfy both of their need of wanting to have children or Mm -hmm. is she still wanting to give birth to a child and major pain is like I'm fine with tiger we just need to see where they are as far as what that looks like for their relationship and what how they both define having children what that means what that looks like and just make sure that they're on the same page so that they can be as healthy as possible because both of them do feel like do seem like they are each willing to compromise for each other and wanting to do for what is best for not only the children that surround them but as well as their relationship and so I just want to make sure that they're on the same page going forward because they have good communication and everything already um just to make sure just more of a precautionary thing to make sure that they're on the same page yeah but no diagnosis yeah, I agree. I feel like she does lack boundaries um, within the school. Not just, not intentionally, of course. Some of them are definitely mm-hmm. bestowed upon her, but I feel that it is important for her to establish some type of boundary. And even with, with working with your partner, mm-hmm. that never really goes well. So <laughs> You have to have a very, very. special, it, you need very strong skills for that because I don't know if I would even do well with that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I've I, I don't think I would. <laughs> Just be honest. And then you work at a school too, so you can't like be sexy and have Mr. Nasty time on the desk because you work at a school, so you can't really do that. That's frowned upon. I mean, but you could. I mean, you could, and they are out here doing it because I also <laughs> have had some experiences with that as well with finding out some things that was going on. But um, oh, I'm not I, allegedly, allegedly, because Ooh, I'm not dry snitching on nobody. I'm just saying, allegedly, some people were doing some things. What's the tea? House. I, uh, I, girl, I'll tell you when we get off. 
But Ooh. um <laughs> Hi, <big> girl. <laughs> girl, soldier hot. I found out that I was like, what? <laughs> but anywho. <laughs> messy, we messy. I just don't think that I would do well with that. But being that they met at work, I feel like the dynamic already was kind of set um for them so that they might be able to do well with it. They complement each other in that way. She was able to help him um Regulate. be more effective. And mm-hmm. even at the um the beginning of the new recruits coming in where he he <laughs> started fight, fussing at the blind kid with the CNI dog, he says, right. I am your commander. But I'm also your friend. friend. So he's trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's trying. I don't think he had his gun that time. So no nope. little, little baby step, you know? Little baby steps. But he did shave the hell out of that boy and that dog, didn't he? Dog sir. That dog was mouthing off. I, I probably would have to do something to too. <laughs> you and your animal got a little attitudinal problem. Need some readjusting. <laughs> readjusting that ass real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said it, now man. they're a bald headed son of a bitch with no hair. <laughs> I'm a bald headed son of a bitch with hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but before we go, I do need um to find out what club it was that they were at that is serving full dinners as well as everybody is dressed in suits and like nice f- attire, but mm-hmm. they still playing uh Zane, Hey, Mr. DJ and three live crew. I mean, two, two live crew pop that coochie. Hey, hey, pop that. hey, <laughs> People hey, hey. It holds suits and ties. Right. To pop that coochie. It look, and then from the outside, it looked like a dive bar. It didn't even right? look like somewhere nice to eat and, and hang out. It looked like the, the local drunks went and hung out there. See, but, so it just, it serves all of like your needs. It just was so all-encompassing. It was. It was I need, I need the place. I need the name of that place because it looks like there were lots of young professionals there that mm-hmm. still needed to eat well and pop that coochie. And those are things that you need as a young professional. You need to be That's able to sustain it. yourself with good vittles, mm-hmm. as he said. Mm-hmm. Some mighty good vittles all looking over there. Mm-hmm. And you got to pop that coochie. <laughs> I mean, it's called balance. Okay. Right. It's self-care. Yeah, self-care. I am a better clinician as I know myself. You better say it. And I know that I need to regularly throw this ass in a circle. Yeah, throw that ass in a circle. What? Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. And when he got the dance, she turned around and he got the dance with the heart. I know. He's like, mm, yes, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, no one does the robot anymore. He's like, oh, let me see what else I got in my arsenal. <laughs> my repertoire. My repertoire. Right. As he's still dangling. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's like, oh, this is kind of unattractive. <laughs> but then pop that coochie cable and she was ready. She, yeah, turn that shit around. She said, whew, whew. She threw that ass in the same morning. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> because I feel like most um, most young professionals, we all need that. <laughs> we do. And it's all right. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone shame you into not uh, popping that coochie. Okay. True. You, you be a balanced counselor or therapist in the room with your client. Outside of that, be your best self. I agree. I feel like uh, 
twerking is professional development. It is. we're retarded anyway if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a patreon member or donate on our cash app now we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles but we'd rather the kind that folds and if all else fails you can always just go to our website and buy our merch hurry up and buy as always be sure to follow us on instagram at the dsm podcast and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts while you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye. Bye.